Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I'm feeling good. Sorry, I was still sipping on my wine when you uh asked me, hey, what's new? What's <laughs> popping? I feel great because I'm trying this new um barefoot um wine. It's like mango or something. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. Um, okay. So I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm good. I too am sipping on water and lime, but I on the side, you know, to kind of balance it out. I am also <laughs> sipping on a Stella Rosa um watermelon. It's pretty good. Ooh. Um, I think I deserve it after a long day, but I'm feeling good, feeling great. <laughs> yes, that is true. Deserving after a long day. And girl, we ain't even made it to the middle of the week yet, but that's okay. We 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 good. We good. Um, Are but we- I do have a question for you. What do you do? So I was thinking because you are super close to your mom. I am super close to my mom and they are like our BFFs for real. Um, I was just thinking like through like all the different conversations, like over the years, like what is a piece of advice or words of wisdom that your mom has shared with you that you feel like has stuck with you? Yeah. So I know you said one, but I'm gonna give you two. But I feel like they're for different stages of life. So one piece of advice that my mom gave me is about friends. And I always value this piece of advice because I feel like the older that I've gotten, the more um, I realize and understand the impact that friends can have on your life and how important it is. But also, like, why it's important not just to have, you know, just people hanging around you, but why you got to have some riders with you. So growing up, I feel like I used to have like a lot of people around me and a lot of people used to gravitate to me, towards me and all that amazing stuff. But my mom told me something years ago that like, I feel like I just am beginning to understand in the past year or so. And she told me, if you have one good friend that is honest, that will ride with you, then you have more than enough. And I value that piece of advice because I don't know about you, friend, but I've encountered a lot of people in my life who always make comments like, Shelby, I don't have friends like you, or I don't you know, I don't have friends or I don't think that girls can be friends and not be catty. And I value that piece of advice because it really taught me that it doesn't matter how many type of friends, it matters what type of friends you have in the quantity. And I think that a lot of people assume that you have to have a lot of people around you to be happy or that you have to have a certain number of friends. But it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter how many friends, it matters what type of friends you are, what type of friends you have. And I found that advice to be good advice and I've held it very closely to me. Um, I'm not the type of person at this point in my life that calls just anybody a friend. So if I call you my friend, you're my friend. You're my, like, I consider you to be like my family, like my extended part of my family. You know what I mean? That's the first piece. And then the second piece of advice is um, I really value this because, you know, one thing that I've learned in life is that, you know, life is peaks and valleys. Sometimes you up. 
sometimes you down and sometimes you in the gray area. But I feel like, you know, when life is in those valleys, it gets rough out here in these streets. I ain't gonna lie to you. And so one of the times like last year, you'll hear me reference this a lot that like just 2020 was the worst for me and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm sorry if that's negative Nancy, but it freaking sucked. And one thing that my mom kept telling me is that it's gonna be okay that praise God in advance because he's going to work it out. Like he may not come when you want it, but he's always on time. And I think that advice for me was really good. And I hold that dear to my heart. And I find myself saying that to people in my life now, maybe not like that. Like, you know, I dress up and make it real for him, but I find myself saying that a little bit more. And I find that valuable because it really taught me that, you know, they don't, people don't tell you that as you get older and you go through life, that shit gets tough, you know? And I learned that in that stage of my life that I did not, I shared this with Erica, like I don't want to hear cliche stuff. I don't want to hear it, shut up if you're going to say it because I'm not listening, like I'm disconnecting the line. So when my mom would tell me that, and I value that now because I used to just, it really made me start to change my mindset. And so even girls, sometimes through tears, sometimes through like, a small bout of depression, just whatever I was feeling, I would just be like, God, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but thank you because I know you're going to work it out for me. And for me, through prayer and through changing my mindset and just praising God in advance, um, I think that my mama really encouraged me to just keep the faith because, you know, sorry, not trying to preach at the beginning of the podcast, but one thing that I've learned, and even if you go back and, you know, you talk to people that you love within your family, or even if you go back and you read the Bible, like the Bible is not full of happy-go-lucky stories. <laughs> like the Bible is right. really full of, you know, hardships and sad times and peaks and valleys and people having to walk out on faith. And if the people in the Bible times had to walk out on faith, what makes you think that you're not going to have to walk out on faith? And so... I shared that because it really just taught me how to walk and practice my faith. What about you, friend? Sorry, I didn't mean to preach five minutes into the podcast. Girl, amen. I love it. I had to put my wine down while we was preaching. But they had wine in the Bible. You know, God turned water into <laughs> wine. So, you know. Um, But I would give you one thing that sticks out to me that my mom said. Now, let me just give you a disclaimer. My mom is very witty and she carry a lot of wisdom so some stuff she be saying it may not sound like it makes sense but it's true um so I'm gonna read this verbatim she says people love to tell you how to move when they haven't even moved across the damn street okay so those are her words of wisdom meaning that people love to tell you how to do something when they've never even done it themselves and I think that is major when it comes to life, especially when Shelby and I have always talk, talked about having a vision and having a dream and sticking to your your goals. But in my mom's you know funny way of saying this, she's right, because you want to make sure that you are following your vision and your dreams because people will try to discourage you from your dreams and your visions, especially when they've never even done anything outside of their comfort zone and that just reminds me when Shelby and I started um all things melanin we had so many people with their opinions and so like my mom said we should have told them look have you moved across the street okay no you haven't (laughs) so how are you telling me how to move so um that would be her words of wisdom that will probably always stick with me and I'll tell it to my my cheering um one day but I just love how we have these great relationships with our mothers and how 
their words of wisdom has stuck with us. I'm pretty sure there's so many more. I could write a book on how many things she has said, but that would be right. the main one um, that that I'll always, always remember. I love that. Look at our mamas knowing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay, shout out to them. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and keep it moving to the first segment of the show, which is dating and relationships. Okay, so Shelby, we're going to talk about red flags um i know we've talked about red flags before (laughs) but um when it comes to dating um people will usually show you who they are or give you hints if you pay attention right so what are some red flags to be aware of when you're dating someone new what are some things that you should pay attention to after maybe the first date or two that may be a red flag so i'm gonna start with the second question that you asked, which is what are some things that you pay attention to after the first day or two that may be replaced? So I'm going to tell you what I do and how it's been working out for me. You can do what you want. I'm going to give y'all my disclaimer. I ain't gave it to y'all a while. Don't let me ruin your life. I ain't got no man. I'm just going to tell you what I do. There you go. I don't want to be liable. Um, but one thing that I've started doing when I go on dates is I just let the man lead the date. And I'm going to tell you why. And when I say I let him lead the date, obviously I let him pay because he asked me. I'm going to put that out there. But I let him lead the conversation. Like, obviously, I'm not a mute. Like, I sit there and we have conversation and we talk. And um, obviously, I'm nice. I'm pleasant. You know, I let the conversation flow. But I let him lead the conversation to see, A, what does he talk about? B, I'm looking for different things to see. Like, is he looking me in my eyes? Is he actually listening to me? Like, is he listening to respond or is he listening to comprehend and to understand? Because that's a major key. And I also lead just to see what types of questions that he is going to ask me and just to see if he's genuinely interested. I think that a lot of times, just as me from my personal experience, I think a lot of times on the first date that we tend to go into the date trying to see if this person is the one. When on the first couple of days, you need to see if you even like this person. Like, would you? Would I bring this person around my friends? Would I bring this person around my family? Like, what I want to keep getting to know. And I think that we have to stop putting pressure on ourselves to make every person the one. Like, we're not going to find the one making every person the one. But maybe we can find the one if we just take time to be honest with ourselves and see if we actually like that person. So one thing that I've been doing recently going for it is I let the man lead the day. Oh, you want to lead? You want to be a man? You want to be a big baller? Shot caller? Great. You lead the day. This day is going to go however you want it to go. If you want this day to go good, it's going to go good. If you want it to go horrible, it's going to go horrible because here's the thing. I'm so used to being a very independent woman and I'm independent because I have to be because I am single. When I get with somebody, I don't want to be the man. If I have to be the man, we don't need to be together because what are you doing but sucking up my air and wasting my time? Sorry, this is a rant, but (laughs) I said that to say that I let him lead and I feel like that is a trickle down effect for me seeing red flags. I think that you have to just let people be who they be. And even if they're not your your person, that doesn't make them a bad person, but it makes them not your person. And I think when you try to make, and I think when you try to be with somebody that's not your person, then it can quickly become toxic. It can quickly become draining and it's not going to serve you and you're not going to be equally yoked other things um to answer the other part of the question things that i have noticed personally in my life <laughs> that are red flags um when a man is very inconsistent like if a man doesn't do what he says he's going to do and he does that consistently sir i don't have nothing for you 
Sir, I never knew you. Depart from me. Who said that? Did Jesus say that? Um, depart from me. I never knew you. Um, that's what I'm gonna say to that young man. But in ebonics, <laughs> um, that's the first thing. Um, that he doesn't stand on his word. Like I'm one of the people that if you tell me something or that, or if you just tell me something in general, or you tell me that you're gonna do something, I'm gonna believe you until you give me a reason not to. So if I have to question what you're saying, if you're inconsistent, if you're not standing by your word, you are not for me and you are a blazing red flag, baby. If that flag is even a little bit yellow, I got questions. We need to have a conversation because you can waste anybody's time, but Shelby Brennan Cummins time. Um, Lying is a red flag. If somebody doesn't listen, I found that a lot of my experience, that a lot of people listen to respond and don't listen to comprehend. Um, a lot of people just want to be right. A lot of people just want to push their ideas and their values and what they think of you. And that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you listening. I'm interested in you comprehending. I'm, I'm interested in if you know how to use your voice and your words to have a constructive conversation. We don't always have to agree, but we do have to be respectful. and We do have to hear one another out. And a man that tries to be dominant and just be right is not a man for me. We are, we will not work. We ain't going to work. And you are not for me. Um, somebody that doesn't take initiative. Y'all, one thing I cannot stand is I cannot stand a lazy man. You cannot be lazy. One thing that my daddy is not as lazy. My mama is a lot of lazy. I am not lazy. I work so hard. So if I have more drive in you, if I have more initiative in you, and I'm having to do everything, sir, did I ever know you? Depart from me. I never knew you. Um, somebody that is controlling. Like I, like I said, I'm a very independent type of person, and I found that a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes, you know, you get what's like if you're doing well for yourself, and you know, maybe you have education, or you know. You drive a nice car or whatever the case may be. I find that sometimes people can be very intimidated that. But I find that sometimes like men can, and I'm not saying all men, and this goes for men too, that people can be controlling. And baby, if I even think that you are out to control, we will not work apart from me. I never knew you. Um, and the last thing is that like, if my gut is feeling uneasy or my intuition is off, that's usually an indication. Yeah, that's usually an indicator to me that something's not right and that's a red flag. I think that a lot of times when something when, when our body is feeling uneasy that we just try to brush it away. Please do not do that. Your body is with you 24-7. It is attached to you. So when somebody's spirit comes in contact with you that is not right for you, please listen to it because it is not going to steer you wrong. But honestly, I think that the that the main way to detect red flags is to take people for exactly who they are and who they show you to be like don't try to make them a person don't try to like put them on a pestle don't try to like you know make them someone you're not I've said this before and Erica tells me this all the time she was like when you meet somebody you meet their representative but one thing that I've learned is that people the representative will slip up <laughs> the representative will get mad they will get upset they will get sad like they're gonna have life events and I just think that if you learn to take people for who they are and you keep your little indicator blinker on it's going to come to pass but also one thing that I've learned is I feel like my aunt told me this the other day we were talking about relationships and she was like you know a little off topic, but still on topic. She was like, you know, everybody comes with some type of baggage, but I think the better, and I think when I think about baggage, sometimes I think about like red flags, if that makes sense, to some extent, because nobody's perfect. We all have baggage. There's always something that someone is going to have to put up with. I think the better question is like, what are you willing to put up with and what are you not willing to put up with? But that's what I say. what you say? 
Um, I'll just piggyback on that last part real quick and then I'll go back and answer the questions. When you were saying, um, you know, what you're going to deal with and what you're not, obviously you will have to put up with something from somebody. That reminds me of potential. Ladies, we cannot, I repeat, we cannot get caught up in a man's potential. So what that means is like, you know, I'm not saying don't look at the good in people or give somebody the benefit of the doubt, but I'm saying where he is right now, let's say he never changes, he never improves. Can you deal with that for the rest of your life or for the rest of the relationship or whatever? That's how we have to approach things. Like Shelby said, don't make everyone the one because you're looking at the potential like oh well you know he's smart you know he could have this he can have that but do he have it so it's like you have to look past um your own thoughts of the potential of this man so back to the question um at hand on the first date like what are some red flags this is a big one for me does he is he listening that will if you pay attention you will know if this man is listening to you because he'll be able to piggyback off of what you said maybe ask you follow-up questions and keeping the conversation flowing another key factor is where is this conversation going if it's if you're just talking about just absolutely nothing of substance that could be a red flag too um and it reminds me of this i'll give you a quick story of this guy that asked me out on a date uh months ago um he was cool but the conversation he already showed all of his red flags and i never went out (laughs) with him again um thank you lord (laughs) so first of all he was really cool but i think that he was number one he was intentional about taking me out on a date but as we started talking he just literally bust out in conversation yeah i would have sex with you sir what um yeah, that wasn't what we was talking about. So for him to say that, that was obviously a red flag for me. And that told me what your intentions were anyway. So needless to say, never responded or anything with him again. So a number two, I would say pertaining to like a first date is, did he, some people going to disagree, but did he pay for you for this date? Did he pay for your dinner? Did he pay for your drink? whatever because that means to me it's in a way tells me that you're setting up an intention you're intentional about leading this date your intention about you're intentional about courting me because a lot of times if you don't um if you settle for less than somebody taking you out or courting you they gonna try to get by with okay can we can you just come by and chill can I come through can I slide through can we Netflix and chill can I just come? no that's the bare minimum like yeah we can do that when, after we've already established that we're committed to each other in a dating relationship but I'm not finna just day one I'm over your house and and we watching uh, reruns of something no so another red flag for me would also be if he is not showing any reciprocity. If you find yourself always being the one reaching out, always trying to plan something to do something to link up to um, uh, even just text back. If he's not doing any of that, that's a huge red flag. And one other thing I want to touch on that you said, Shelby, was um, letting the man lead. Like this is how it's going to go however you want this to go and you're going to just follow him. And I think that that is a great way to explain it because a lot of people, um, they want to be leaders, but where are you leading me to? 
Right. You, you want to leave me to hell or you leave me on a date? Right. Because what you got to understand is like, even with a man wanting to leave, he also has to be led by somebody, which means being led by God. So it's like, who are you being led by, sir? You want to be a leader, but you ain't taking me nowhere. Who are you being? That's how you get led straight to hell. <laughs> if you're, if he's not being led by nobody. So I think I don't want to be stuck in a situation where we two blind mice because you want to leave, but you don't even know where you're going. So you can't take me anywhere. Um, Sorry, that was a rant. Okay, next. <laughs> I would also like to just touch on when you were <laughs> talking about somebody, like if you're at dinner with them, this, this could be petty, but I pay attention to this. A man that is willing to like step up and speak out. Like I don't like a little timid, like you scared to speak. Like just like own yourself. Be be secure within yourself. Like yeah, first dates could be very nerve wracking. Could be kind of shy. Could be like, oh, do she like me? Oh, do he like me? I get it. But like a green flag for me would be I can tell you're secure within yourself. A red flag is you over here. You just you doing things that just tell me that you're insecure but like we said in the beginning there will be things that you have to well you most likely will have to put up with somebody and those could be considered red flags but what I suggest is there's always green flags too so if the green flags outweigh the red flags you good that would be my unsolicited advice Let me tell you something, Fred. I don't know if you know, but you preached a word right there, and I will be passing the collection of plate around because I got a word from it. So thank you. I appreciate that. I need that, Fred. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's keep it moving to our next segment of the show, which is the journey. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss either how the journey is with building our brand, All Things Melanin, or how it's been going on the journey of being two Black women in corporate America. So today we're going to talk about how we both work virtually. So let's talk about which... um what are the pros and what are the cons of this? How do you get things done as well as set work boundaries so you don't overdo it? So I think one thing about it is I didn't, I don't know about you, friend, but I didn't really know that I would overall enjoy working virtually as much as I did. Um, I don't ever want to go back into an office again, like permanently, not ever, not ever. I don't want to leave me alone. Leave me out of it. Um, for me, I think for me, there are more pros than cons than um, working from home. Working from home for me, it allows a lot more flexibility. But one thing that I've realized um, to anybody that's working at home that I've had to put a lot more structure in my day and I've had to be very disciplined um, with how I go about my day. I think it's so easy to check your phone. I think it's so easy to check your personal email. I think it's so easy to hit up your homegirl and seeing memes and yeah, yeah. And like all these things, like it's so easy to do those things. But I think the con, I think the cons are so easy to get distracted and to get off task. But I think the pros are that if you can be disciplined and you can stay on task, um, I find myself being more productive. I find myself getting more things done. Um, I tend to cut out, I I talk a lot, but at work, I literally hate small talk and I'm very introverted. Like I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to talk through what I need to talk to and I'm going to get off the phone. Uh, I think things as far as structure go uh, that really helped me is that one thing that I've done is I think having a routine has really helped me. So for instance, like my morning routine, I tend to rise a little earlier. I rise around 630 
and I give myself time to wake up, but I also, I get up, I meditate, I do my face routine, um, I eat breakfast, I stretch, I pray, I meditate, I journal, I get my mindset ready. I realize that when I do that, instead of just like rolling out of bed, like 20 minutes before, and then going to check my emails, I'm very frazzled. So for me, I have to set a routine. And when I give myself time to wake up and I do a routine, it puts me in a better mood. Let me tell you, if I don't do nothing else, I'm going to block my schedule when I don't want to be bothered and I need to do work. And I will put in the note, basically leave me alone. Do not block any, do not put anything over this. And my bosses have told me, if you got something to do, block your schedule. (laughs) So putting blocks on my schedule, but also setting boundaries. Let me tell you something from the hours from eight to five, really eight to six, I will answer if you slag me or if you like if my coworkers like me, but outside of that, it is not my concern until the next workday. As far as clients go, I really don't reply to email. I reply to emails from 8.30 to 4.30. Anything outside of that is the next day's concern. So I definitely think setting boundaries with your coworkers as well as clients really helps me and makes it a pro. Also, please take your break. They will survive if you go on break. They will also survive if you go on lunch. I think that it's really important to break up your day and give yourself grace and give yourself a break and, you know, also, you know, kind of reset your mind and, you know, different things like that. So during lunch, I obviously eat, but for an hour, I really try not to look at my phone or computer. Maybe I'll go outside and take a walk. Maybe I'll read. Maybe I'll have a conversation with my mom. Maybe I'll hit up my homegirl, but I think breaking up my day um, really does that for me. Um, But as far as working virtually, one thing that I realized for me is I had to learn how to work effectively virtually because you know prior to the pandemic I went into the office every day and I did my work and I left um I personally am enjoying virtual work and I have found it to be more effective for me I found myself to be more productive I've been able to get a lot more done and I think that I've also I think it's also forced me to be a lot uh more resourceful because baby if I don't know I'm gonna either ask or I'm gonna google it (laughs) but that's definitely what I would say. Um, I definitely think being effective working virtually is doable, but I think that it comes down to you being very structured and disciplined with yourself and coming up with a routine that works for you. Like my boss, she can sit there and just work back to back all day, just at her computer. I can't do that. I got to get up. I got to take a break. I got to stretch. I got to jump around and listen to trap music. I got to text Erica and send her a meme and get on her nerves for a little bit, break up her day. Like, I just, I got to have some enjoyment in my day. <laughs> what about you, friend? Erica's laughing because I really do be texting her dumbass memes during the day. Girl, um, and I'll be responding. <laughs> so, okay. The number one pro for me, y'all, this is a big one, okay? I... Don't have to fight traffic, okay? That morning rush hour traffic to get to work, be having me on 10. I be stressed. I have so much anxiety. And then if it makes me late, then I'm all frazzled when I get into the office. And then i am got a whole attitude. Don't nobody need to talk to me for the first hour. I'm not ready. So <laughs> the fact that I only have to fight traffic from my bedroom to my living room, it's great. Um, so okay. that would be a big, <laughs> a big pro for me. Um, but also... Throughout the workday, I can be productive with things around my house, too, if I'm being honest. Like, I could get up between meetings or between after I finish a task and put a load of laundry in the wash. Now, versus me waiting till I get home about 6, 37 o'clock because I'm in rush hour traffic coming home. I'm too tired to do any housework. 
And right. um, so that's another thing I would add to the pros. And then just being in the comfort of my own home, it reduces my anxiety because if I am in the office, I have a lot of people that just willy nilly come up to my desk and bother me about something. Now they can do that in an email or a Slack message, but I can ignore it until I get ready to respond <laughs> versus somebody coming straight up to my desk and wanting me to stop what I'm doing. That gives me a lot of anxiety. So I would add that to the pros. Um, but I'm like you, Shelby, I would rather just not have to go back into the office as long as I got the internet. I'm good. Right. <laughs> um, and then on lunchtime, like I can take a lunch nap. Like I used to, don't don't act like I'm the only one out there that did Come this on. when I was Come actually on, in the office. You go to your car, you lean that seat back, you play a little bit of music, and you take your 30 minute to an hour nap. Okay. Listen. Them lunch car naps be hitting. Okay. So yeah, I can do that in the comfort of my own home. Um, and then the cons, like, okay, I understand that people really like the routine of getting up, going to work. Now, let me just, I forgot to disclaimer, like Shelby and I, we don't have kids, you know, so we can just get up and go when, when we want to. And I understand that some parents like to get out the house and get away and drop the kids off and just have their time at work and be in that routine. Um, but I feel like a con would be, I can be lazy in that daily routine. Like Shelby said, like she has this um, daily routine where she gets up, stretches, do all that. Sometimes I will be lazy in doing that because I know I don't have to get up and brush my hair if I don't want to because I don't have to face nobody because my camera be off on Zoom calls. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't have to get up and like put on work clothes or, you know, anything like that. So I can get lazy and be looking like the day before yesterday every day. Um, so then also another con from that I've noticed recently is that some coworkers could take advantage of the at-home life and they want to ping you and call you after hours or, or at the end of the day. And it's like, okay, I know I'm at home, but I'm going to have a hard stop at when I get off. Like, so that could be another con too, is just not having as many boundaries, um, you know, with people setting calls or meetings towards the end of the day, like there needs to be boundaries there. So I feel like that would be one of the cons too. But me personally, I, I enjoy the virtual versus in-person work environment, but that's just me. And um, as, like I said, as long as I got the internet, I'm good. Listen. <laughs> all right let's keep it moving to our next segment which is the mentor moment so this is when shelby and i will read a listener's letter that was submitted to us and then we will give our advice on it so the letter reads hi erica and shelby i have a question and i want your advice on it i've been single for a while and haven't gone on a date for like six months i feel like i'm ready to put myself back out there again and date but i have no idea where to start what advice do you have for someone who is single and ready to mingle? Uh, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm trying to figure this out myself because you're going single and ready to mingle. You're going single, single. But whatever other people say, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, first of all, it's like I understand where you are coming from. Um, I think that especially when you've been single for a while, I think it can be really hard to Put yourself out there because I feel like it's a hard I feel like it's a hard decision to decide that you're ready to put yourself out there but I feel like it's even harder to be like okay like what now 
like that gives me anxiety. Um, so I definitely say like if you feel like you're ready, um, some ideas are go where men like to go. Like men love to go to like sporting events. So whether that's like a basketball game or uh, um. Uh, a Super Bowl party, a Super Bowl, a Super, I cannot talk, a Super Bowl party or a baseball game, a basketball game, you know, just like places that guys like to do guy stuff at. Like, <laughs> I would definitely suggest theirs. I've heard people say like um, tournaments. I've heard people say like golf places. Hey, friend, we need to check that out just in case. Um, like golf um, courses, um, dating apps. I'm not really a big dating app person. I really don't personally like them. So I would definitely say use them at your discretion and safely if you decide to do a dating app and always trust your instincts and trust your boundaries and don't do anything that makes you uncomfortable and don't meet anybody by themselves like meet in a public place and don't tell them where you live sorry i just wanted to say that it's been a lot going on so i'm just saying i will not we will not be liable um another thing to think about is like mutual friends like do you have any like mutual friends that know single people or that know somebody like I would definitely like check into that because sometimes you know people whether they're an associate and they're a friend and they got like a fine like friend or they got like a fine family member yeah that really happened like I have a crush on somebody and I'm trying to figure out how to work that out pray for me um and then another place that I would say maybe is I think you told me this one friend like a cigar lounge like I mean I don't smoke I don't go to cigar lounges but I've heard that men hang out there so I would definitely just say try to think of places that men just naturally go to and hang out at and go and if you don't and another thing that I would say is if you have no idea where to start like if you have a family member or a homeboy ask him because I guarantee he got all the tea like, my homeboy was telling me, like, stuff that him and his homeboy do or places they go. And in my head, I was like, I never would have thought of that place. But I'm not a dude. So, ask your homeboy. Ask your family member. Um, ask your cousin. Ask your brother. Ask somebody. I think they'll be a better choice than me. Because I don't know. But that's what I would say. <laughs> what would you say for it? Girl, I don't know. Because I'd be at my house or my mama's house. So, really, ain't no dudes. Either. And he is not there, friend. He is not going to knock on your door like you tell me. He is not going to break the door down to get in your mama's house or your house. Girl. Ooh. <laughs> well, um, I wish that would happen. But, yeah, you're right. But I think you gave some great advice. Um, I will give an example of where I went, like, maybe two weeks ago. Um, One of my friends had told me about this Black Art Expo. And I really mm-hmm. like things like that. So my point is go to events that interest you because there will most likely be some guys there um, that are interested in obviously the same things that you are. So this expo was called like Arts and Beats and it was sponsored by Jack Daniels. So like it was a free event um, and they gave out free drink tickets with special Jack Daniels cocktails. So when you if you have things like that around in your town or your city go to those because especially when it's free that means everybody about to show up um so i would suggest just finding events around your town that interest you and maybe grab a friend or if you don't have friends that want to go with you go by yourself um because at that art expo i was actually meeting some friends up there and they had they were running late so I was literally at that event for maybe an hour just walking around viewing the art by myself and I met some people um just to have you know people to talk to so another thing is is I would suggest to not 
put the pressure on yourself. Like I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. Let me go in here and let me make sure I get some numbers. Like it don't even have to be like that. Just go to some events that interest you. Um, Walk around and and enjoy the event to yourself if that's what you have to do. Um, Because I feel like those organic um, meetups are better than like Shelby was saying. I don't really favor dating apps either. But I would say get out um, and mingle with some people because you can even mingle with other female friends and make new female friends. They can have homeboys. You know what I'm saying? So you never know who you're going to meet. And then sometimes in your city, like look up. Um, like single night outs. I've seen a lot of things like that where there would literally be events just for single people or like happy hour just for single people. Um, or if you're involved in church or you, um, they have single night events as well. So there's a lot of different events that you could attend to that, um, will set you up for that, you know, mingle. So that's the only thing that I would add to what Shelby said. Um, I think that, The main important thing, like I said, is just don't put the pressure on yourself. I think because you have been out of the dating game for six months, that um, can be kind of intimidating. But I would just say go out and don't look for it. Like, hey, I want to I'm interested in this. So this is where I'm going to go and I'm going to go tonight and you never know who you meet. So good luck, girl. And let me know where you went so I can write it down um, and see if they got it in (laughs) Dallas. Um. (laughs) All right. Um, So if you out there have a question that you want us to answer, please send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. All right. So we're going to leave you today with words of encouragement. Shelby, you want to go ahead and read the Bible verse? Yeah. So our words of encouragement today come from Zechariah 4 and 10. And it says, do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So the way that I um, think about this Bible verse, so I'm just going to relate this to myself and hopefully somebody can relate. So recently, I've there are a lot of different like business endeavors that I want to do, personal, corporate together with Erica separate. And a lot of times I tend to get ahead of myself because I just want things to just blow up so I can be a star or so that I could just be successful in whatever I'm doing. And then I think a lot of times I forget the importance of the small, the the importance of the beginning, the importance of starting. Um, And we're being realistic. Like most everybody starts from humble and small beginnings. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing embarrassing about it. Like it's literally just life. But I think that there is importance and beauty um, in starting small. Um, I think when you start small, that's when you learn critical lessons that you need that are going to carry you throughout whatever you're doing. That are going to help you to be successful. That are going to help you to grow to skin. And that are going to help you... Um, turn into the person that you need to be to be the powerhouse that you're striving to be. I think that in the small beginnings, you develop relationships that are going to be critical to your growth, to your success and who you are. I think that when you start in small beginnings, you have to go through that trial and error stage. You learn very important lessons, um, sometimes the hard way, um, that are going to sustain you. And one thing that I learned, one thing that I don't think that we think about is that when we start out small, whatever um, the endeavor may be, there are critical things that we need to endure, that we need to go through. Because one thing that I would tell you, I would much rather make a mistake on a small scale 
than on a large scale. But I also think that we need to think about small beginnings are a part of the process. Like we all have to pay our dues. We all have to do our time. We all have to put in the work. Like there is a reason. And when I sit back and I think of this verse, it reminds me that God knows and understands the desires of our hearts. He knows where we want to go. He knows where we want to end up. He knows the end goal. But he also knows that it's important to start small. And so I just want to tell somebody out there, I don't know what you're dreaming about. I don't know what you're manifesting towards, what you're working towards, or even what's on your mind. But I know that God does. And so what I want to tell you is do not be ashamed or embarrassed or just feel down about yourself about starting small. Everybody has to start somewhere. If you have made up in your mind that you want to do it, something, just start. Every day that you, the day that you decide to start, and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going, you're that much closer to your dream. Every day that you make a conscious effort and that you do something to get closer to your dream is really good, but you're never gonna get there unless you start. And I said all that to say in a roundabout way that there's nothing wrong with small beginnings, that God actually loves small beginnings. He does not, um, he does not just, despise small beginnings and God rejoices in you doing the work taking the initiative and doing what he's called you to do so please keep going and I would just say definitely like pat yourself on the back give yourself grace and celebrate all your winnings because one of the hardest things to do is start one of the one of the next hardest things to do is to build something from the ground up and like this Bible verse says God loves that. He rejoices in that because a lot of times your small beginning is going to be the building block that makes you relatable, that makes you authentic, and that really builds your brand or your business. There is an objective and a motive for everything that you do. And one thing that I've learned is that, you know, when me and Erica started all things melanin, it was small. Like, we didn't even tell anybody that we were going to launch it. We just popped up and we're like... We got a brand and it was a small beginning. And one thing that I learned in that is that we needed to go through everything that we've gone through and that we've endured and that we've had to learn in order to get to this point. Because if we had just popped off, I think that we would have made big mistakes on big stages instead of small mistakes on small stages. But that's what I would say in a roundabout way. I hope that made sense. Yeah, um, the only thing I would add to that is I know it can be very overwhelming and discouraging when you do have what you feel like small beginnings, but this Bible verse is just such a great reminder. And like we've always been saying is to celebrate your small wins. Cause I feel like those small steps set you up for bigger steps and those bigger steps set you up for your big wins. And um, one thing I'll just note that I love about our brands that we always highlight this in a way where we we highlight what people don't tell you about small beginnings, about starting from scratch, about building brand a brand brick by brick, or about being an entrepreneur and what that takes. It's a lot of trial and error and small beginnings. So another thing I would add is that it definitely humbles you when you do start small. It is definitely a test and you will experience um, setbacks here and there, but like, you know, everybody always say a setback is a setup for a comeback. So um, the only thing I would add is just remember that success or small beginnings, big beginnings. However, it is always peaks and valleys. It's never just going to be linear. So that's why we always need to go back to this um, Bible verse where it humbles you. And 
if you don't do anything else, just don't lose that fire that you do have in the beginning if things don't turn out the way that you expect them to. But things always work out how they should, and it'll probably be more amazing than you ever thought of. So that's what I would add. Okay, well, thank you for that word. Um, we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast. Close, close your eyes and bang head if you're driving and sway with it. And listen, here we go. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what's on their mind. We don't know what their burdens are. We don't know what they're carrying, but we know that you do. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would cover them. We pray that you would go before them, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would bless and give them um, discernment in their relationships and also in their work career. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just continue to bless them as they work towards, as they work through their small beginnings. We pray that you would bless them in their career and their personal life, Lord Jesus, as well as their personal endeavors, endeavors. We pray that you would allow them to grow, allow them to flourish. We pray that you would put people in their lives that encourage them, that speak life over them, and that cover them in all aspects of their life. We pray that people know that they are enough. We pray that they know that they are loved. We pray that they can do that. They pray that they know that they can do any and everything that they set their mind to. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we that they know that we love them, that we're rooting for them, and that they matter. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.